Welcome to the Tash Show Podcast. I think we're good to go. We are linked up with Los Angeles, California. And our buddy Carlos from ET Canada joins us. Good morning, Carlos. Good morning, guys. I like the I like the fanfare. Oh yeah, I like the theme song. It's great. You guys are bringing it. You never. I would get like tired it better. If, song, yeah. eh? I think I'd like it better if maybe you just sang it the entire time. <laughs> uh, thank you for getting up early. Or have you been to bed yet? I know you're on the red carpet last night at the Golden Globes. Yeah, I I, uh, I touched my bed and then I came out again just to come talk to you guys. What, what was the, what was the highlight on the red carpet for you last night, Carlos? You know, we got a chance to talk to some uh, some really great people yesterday. We, uh, it was nice reconnecting with Jim Carrey again. Um, really great to see a lot of awesome Canadians out at the Golden Globes. We saw Stefan James and Shamira Anderson. They brought their mom, which was really fantastic. Nice family affair there. Uh, we got the cast of uh, The Good Place, one of my favorite shows, one of my favorite comedies. So uh, it was a yeah, it was Danson? a great day. Did you talk to Danson? Ted Danson? We didn't talk to ah. Ted Danson. I know. Devin I Peacock know. here on our show is a, he's a Ted Danson good place freak. Absolutely well, loves that. Well, next time, Devin, I'll I'll uh, chase him down for you. <laughs> uh, big moment last night. Sandra O. Oh, she uh, not only was one of the hosts, but she won an award. Right. That's right. Her second Golden Globe, making her the. Uh, the first Asian actress to ever win, too, which is pretty special. She had her folks there uh, in the audience. Wasn't that I cute? Might, I think they might have been the stars of the show, those two. Standing ovation. Uh, so, so funny yeah, when they got up fantastic. there. And what's the show that she's on? I haven't watched it. Oh, if you haven't seen Killing Eve, man, you're missing out. Killing Eve is great. You know, it's it was funny. We were... Uh, as we were watching the show last night, you know, checking out, checking out social media, and Netflix was actually telling people to go watch Killing Eve, though Killing Eve is not on Netflix. Oh. Hmm. Well, it's a great the, show. Netflix is a fan of it. <laughs> you can't watch it on Netflix, but... Uh, yeah. What's it about? Is it like... Uh, it's a thriller, isn't it? Yeah, so um, Sandra Oh is essentially a secret agent who is, um, she's handling this case about a, a female assassin, and it's really remarkable TV. It's very good. That's awesome. You know, a lot of these movies that can win these big awards can be on the boring side. It's nice to see, you know, superstar uh, spy ninjas get winning awards. Is that what it is? <laughs> I, is the it brief synopsis ninjas? was that. But also, like, Bohemian Rhapsody, which was, like, a fan favorite, you wouldn't expect it to win, and it, and it did Yeah, last the night. critics kind of panned that movie when it was released, yeah. but Bohemian Rhapsody did great with audiences, and it did great at the Golden Globes, Carlos. Yeah, you know, I think that uh, the members of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association were probably big, big fans of your show, uh, getting a chance to listen to Queen, you know, probably over Lady Gaga, which is, uh, which I think for for a lot of the audience and a lot of the the movie going audience and the critics certainly that felt like an upset. Um, you know, A Star Is Born was tapped to win. I think more than it did last night. Yeah. The song Shallow is is great and it deserved to win. But I think people were expecting more out of the HFPA for that film. Lady Gaga didn't win, and she was the, the odds-on favorite to walk away with Best Actress. Who uh, took it instead? Glenn Close. 
Glenn Close. Which is never heard she's of her. She's good. Which is, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to lose to somebody, right? Yeah. You got it. It might as well be Glenn Close. And she was fantastic. And to be perfectly honest, um, it was great seeing her up there at the podium. Uh, I talked to her the day before at the BAFTA tea party. And, you know, she's been doing this a long time, as she said in her acceptance speech. Would have been nice. She's, and she said, you know, it would be nice to win, but, you know, whatever. And uh, she went up there and gave the speech of the night. And, uh, yeah, yeah, very happy for her. E.T. Canada from the Golden Globes tonight, 7.30 p.m. on Global Television. Carlos, I know you got a busy morning. Thanks for joining us, man. The best motion picture drama, Bohemian Rhapsody. Wow. Yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody doing very well at the Golden Globes last night. Best motion picture drama, and Rami Malek won for his portrayal of Freddie Mercury. Here's a little piece of his speech. To Queen. To you, Brian May. To you, Roger Taylor. For ensuring that authenticity and inclusivity exists in the music and in the world and in all of us. Thank you to Freddie Mercury for giving me the joy of a lifetime. I love you, you beautiful man. This is for and because of you, gorgeous. He was a great Freddie Mercury. Yeah. Band's going out on tour with... uh, Adam Lambert? Adam Lambert, the uh, former American Idol contestant. Wouldn't it be great? And I know, I think he did some singing in the movie, Rami Malek, uh, but he had some other guy dubbing... Uh, some of the the singing and he also was lip syncing to a lot of Freddie Mercury's uh, mm-hmm. original recordings right but if only he could sing as well as Freddie Mercury and he could be the new front man of Queen and it just it, the Queen like restarted over right it's yeah. like it would because he was such a good Freddie Mercury I would say he is the second best Freddie Mercury Fake news you choose is the game. Darren is our contestant. How were your holidays, Darren? Uh, they're pretty good. Can't yeah. complain. Did you get some time off? Uh, a little bit, yep. Is this your first day back, or were you working last week? No, I was working last week. All right. Well, hopefully we can start this week off uh, with some free concert tickets for you. Uh, the game is simple. We give you a headline. You guess whether or not it's a real news story or something that Jim and I have made up. And all the stories, there's a common theme running through the headlines. Over the past couple of weeks, a lot of stories about people uh, calling 911 for strange reasons, okay? All right. If you are right, you will hear this noise. You are fake news. And if you are wrong, you will hear this. Failing pile of garbage. Here we go. First headline, fake news you choose. Norfolk OPP say mother dialed 911 because she dislikes her daughter's friends. Fake news uh, you choose. Fake news. Failing pile no. of garbage. <laughs> this is true. Police officers say that uh, a mother called 911 last Thursday just before 7 o'clock because her 17-year-old daughter was heading out to spend time with her friends, refused to stay home with mom, <laughs> and mom does not like her choice in friends. Oh, that's just the loneliest Christmas right there. <laughs> Poor yeah, mom. Poor mom. Yeah, I feel yeah. bad for her. She just needed someone to talk to, I guess. 
<laughs> Next one. 90-year-old granny calls 911 because she suspects her neighbor stole her gingerbread cookie recipe. Okay, that's got to be fake. You are fake news. Yeah. That was a fake one. <laughs> Try this one on for size. Seven-year-old New Jersey girl calls 911 after touching her elf on a shelf and fearing that she had ruined Christmas. Uh, that sounds real. You are fake news. It is real. Jim, you're the elf on a shelf expert, so the rule is if you if a kid touches the elf on a shelf uh-huh. and the magic of Christmas disappears or something. Not like the magic that? of Christmas. It doesn't necessarily ruin Christmas. It just drains the elf on the shelf of all his magical powers. Okay. So he probably won't participate much more that Christmas if you touch the elf on the shelf. Well, she was panicked. She thought mm-hmm. Christmas was ruined, so she called the cops. They went to the house. Mom was taking a nap. <laughs> woke up with a police officer in the living room. Wow. Standing over the elf on a shelf. Best case scenario, though, if the, if you wake up and there's a cop standing next to your daughter, her touching the elf on the shelf, the best outcome, right? Yeah, you're relieved yeah, by yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. It's just the elf on the shelf. I, I wonder if if they put a little chalk outliner around the elf on a shelf. Next headline here: Fake news you choose. Husband calls nine one one to report wife who never closes bathroom door when she pees. Fake news. You are fake news. Well done. Yes. That is the worst, though. (laughs) The worst. It's the worst. (laughs) Yeah. Do not call 911 if it's not an emergency, but that's that's getting pretty close. Call a lawyer, get a divorce on that one. Next one. A seven-year-old Ontario boy calls 911 after receiving snow pants as Christmas gift. Fake news you choose. Greedy little boy on Christmas. Hmm. Ah, fake news. Failing pile of garbage. That actually is my favorite headline of the Christmas break. (laughs) Seven-year-old Ontario boy calls 911 after receiving snow pants as a Christmas gift. It happened. Uh, OPP are saying... Please tell your kids not to call 911. He's got a point. No, he doesn't. (laughs) Snow pants are a great gift. I say stick this kid outside once we start getting some minus 10, minus 15 temperatures without snow pants, and then he'll be begging for them. But it's a necessity. You know what he wants a necessity for Christmas when you're seven? Hey, I got socks and underwear for Christmas, and I was thrilled. (laughs) Want to see you peacock, cock, cock, you peacock. Time for sports. Devin Peacock is with us. And we're talking about a double doinker. A double doinker from Cody Parkey, who has the unfortunate, uh, I I don't know, uh, honor of being uh, the uh, kicker who has hit the most uh, uprights this season. Six in total. Explain what a double doink is. Definition, please, So the double doink from last night was uh, Cody Parkey with the game on the line in the fourth quarter. Uh, made a field goal attempt, I think like 43 yards thereabout, and hit the upright on the left and then the crossbar down below. The Bears' season's going to end on a double doink. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Wasn't good for old Cody. The coach came out and gave him a hug, though, like kind of consoled him a little bit. Yeah, which is, you know, made me 
feel better about the situation because it's got to feel awful. And the coach, you, you would expect him to be furious in that moment. Well, everyone would be furious. Well, there was uh, a different kicker for the Minnesota Vikings who missed an important kick to, uh, to win a game, and the next day he was cut. Now, that was mid-season, and so they asked the coach, you know, Mike Zimmer, you know, well, what do you think of him? He's like, well... I think you see the result. <laughs> no, we, we Is Cody going to be fired, do you think, today, Dev? I just don't see how he can play in Chicago ever again. I mean, the person who loves Cody Parkey today is uh, Steve Bartman from years ago, who is still hated by Cubs fans. <laughs> Yeah, but Cody Parkey is uh, now hated by oh, all Bartman Bears. Bartman was the guy in the crowd with the headphones, yeah, headphones on who interfered with the World Series. Yeah, he reached down and grabbed the ball. Right. Interfered with the ball. <laughs> so now he's not the most hated guy in Chicago. It's Cody Parkey. <laughs> uh, we had this sent to us. This is the call, the Spanish call. I'm assuming this was uh, on, if you switched over to the other the other feed, you would have heard this call of the missed kick, the double door. Yeah, the Cody Parkey. 43 yardas. El snap. Le mete el pie. Distancia, dirección. Le dio el poste. No, falló. Oh. No, señor. No, señor. No, señor. No, señor. No, señor. No, señor. Los hijos se van a la victoria. Yeah, I don't speak a lot of Spanish, but I understand that. No, señor. Did he hit it? Chicago, Chicago. This guy's awesome. I want to start watching football games with the the Spanish language commentary. (laughs) Just invite Juan the Colombian. (laughs) (laughs) Did he say double doink at all? (laughs) Dos doink? Dos doink? No, senor. No, senor. Uh, Okay, check this guy out. Uh, You want to know how... I hope I got them all here because this uh, this Bears fan is not happy with Cody Parkey. Eight million, ten million, twenty-five million. I don't know how much Cody Parkey's getting paid, but that little from South Florida can't make a damn kick for his life. I mean, how much money we gotta pay this? How much opportunity do you need? How many f- missed kicks is Cody Parkey gonna f- hit this year? Eleven! Eleven! That's how many! Eleven! F- you, Cody! Wow! You're gonna give yourself an aneurysm, buddy. <laughs> next level. What's that guy ever accomplished, by the way? <laughs> He's very passionate about his football, as mm-hmm. they, they tend to be with the Bears in Chicago. So, speculation on your part, Devin Peacock. Cody d- Parkey's looking for a job by the end of the day. I mean, the coach can console him as much as he wants. I just don't see how he comes back with, with that franchise and that fan base. Oh, the poor Chicago Bears. The Bears' season's going to end on a double doink. <laughs> Unbelievable. And speaking of double doinks, how about the couple of double doinks who did the smash and grab at the LCBO in East London on New Year's Day? I did not hear. I didn't see this. New Year's morning, no less. Yeah. Well, they wanted, obviously, they wanted to keep the party going. It was uh, Argyle Mall, LCBO, around 6 a.m., Jim, Mm -hmm. on New Year's Day. I guess Bono was wrong. All was not quiet on New Year's Day because these two double doinks <laughs> drive a vehicle through the front of the LCBO 
get out of the car and proceed to steal two big bottles of, it looks like Grey Goose vodka, judging by the video that uh, uh, 980 posted online. Yeah, the uh, cops uh, put out some uh, surveillance uh, images and they could, you could see one of the two guys just reaching up, grabbing what looks like vodka and, uh, and getting out. <laughs> now, an expensive vodka... You know, Top more, shelf, more, for sure. But you're going to do $20,000 worth of damage for $400? $100, wow. $100,000 worth of damage to the front of the store. I don't know. I haven't seen the vehicle. I haven't seen pictures of the vehicle. I don't know if they have security camera footage of the vehicle actually driving into the store. If, if they do, I want to see it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's... You know, steal a couple bottles from your parents' liquor cabinet here. And they are saying that they that these are teenagers, right? Yeah, so one's uh, between the ages of 19 and 24, they believe. And it's hard to tell from the image because it's kind of grainy. And they are looking to identify the second suspect. But that person has been, the cops are saying, is between 14 and 17 years old. When I first heard about the smash and grab, when I saw the headline, I was like, uh-oh. What were train wreck Randy and Daryl, <laughs> our two favorite FM ninety six listeners, up to on New Year's? Well, I don't think you'll see that because I don't get fully in the bag. I can <laughs> handle my booze, all right. <laughs> Rock and roll. If you've seen those guys, they are definitely not fourteen and seventeen, though. <laughs> so I, I got a feeling they're in the clear. Yeah, I got a feeling he's not a great goose man either. <laughs> Something tells me. Well, I don't think you'll see that because I don't get fully in the bag. I can handle my booze, all right. <laughs> Rock and roll. They haven't caught the guys yet, though, no, which is very surprising. Because I, I don't get the sense, uh, looking at these images and reading this story, that this heist was planned out very far in advance. It do, they weren't wearing masks or anything. They didn't cover their that's, faces. That's crazy. Canada's like one of the only countries where you can walk down the street with a ski mask and you cop won't pull you over. Yeah. A couple of double doinks for sure. Unbelievable. If you got a question. A question about custody or his neighbor. Ask a lawyer. Ask a lawyer. It's Ask a Lawyer with Ian Snedden, partner with Cohen Hiley. Or as we sometimes refer to it, the whatever you do, do not get divorced segment here on the Taz Show. <laughs> Really, I wonder how many marriages have been called off after hearing this segment. <laughs> Several, probably. Uh, Ian, we've got another question for you here. I think it's about child support. Go ahead, sir. Um, my question would be, uh, I heard uh, Ian just talking about um, child support payments. I'm in an equal access uh, joint custody situation, uh, so 50-50, but I'm, uh, I was ordered to pay child support to my former spouse. So I'm wondering how that works. So the way it works where you have a shared parenting arrangement is different. I mentioned the threshold that if, as long as the kids are in one person's care 60% of the time, then there's no discretion that a judge has. The table spit out the amount that's paid based on income. When you're dealing with a shared parenting arrangement... 50-50 equal. 50-50, then the starting point is as, if, is as if you're paying each other. So let's say one person's income is such that they're supposed to pay $700 a month in child support and the other person should pay $500 in child support. Then rather than exchanging um, checks, the person who has more would pay $200. You so split the difference. Yeah, that, that's the starting point. Uh, a judge does have discretion to adjust that. 
Right. Is, is there something called like the quality of living too? If I'm per se on my own single dwelling and they have uh, remarried and in a you know nice house with somebody else? Oh, that's always the one that gets you, eh? Yeah, not, not really. There's something, you can make a claim for undue hardship, but the threshold is so high. Um, normally, the new spouse would be taken into account in spousal support, but not for child support, because the new spouse, new partner, doesn't have a child support obligation to your kids. Right. So it's not really particularly relevant. Okay. Sucks, though. Thanks for your time. That's like every guy's nightmare. You get divorced, and then your ex marries some rich dude. She's living in a mansion. You're living in a, a sad one-bedroom, a basement apartment somewhere, and you still have to pay her child support. <laughs> but it happens, right, Ian? It does happen, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It does happen. Okay, let's shift gears here and go from family law over to marijuana. Sal has a question for us. What's your question, Sal? Hey, good morning. Uh, well, my question is, um, I'm thinking about applying for the lottery for the retail uh, store. Oh, you want to open a marijuana retail store here in London? Well, no, in uh, Chatham, Kent, but that's not the point. Uh, I was thinking about applying for the lottery today, and, um, and even if I did have the opportunity to open up a retail store, my question is, Let's say, for an example, somebody buys some cannabis from my location and drives away and starts smoking and accidentally gets into an accident and, God forbid, uh, kills somebody. Can that actually go back on me as a business owner? Oh, that's a good question. Is it like, is it like bars, like right? So if you go to a bar and you're overserved, you get into a car and you kill somebody driving drunk, the bar can be responsible. Do you know, I know this is new territory, Ian, yeah. but do you know anything about liability when it comes to uh, selling marijuana? A little bit. As I, as I understand it, uh, your analogy is, is right. It's going to be treated a lot like um, alcohol. So if somebody goes to the beer store, they're perfectly sober, go home and then drink 15 beers and, and goes out and, uh, and drives and kills somebody, the the beer store or the bar is not going to be held liable in those that situation. My expectation is the same would apply here. If somebody walks into the retail marijuana or cannabis uh, store and they're clearly high, or you should have noticed that they're high, and you serve them, then there could be liability in those situations. Okay, so as long as uh, they seem with it when they're purchasing, it's, it's you'd a have legal, an argument anyway. Yeah, anyways. it's a legal substance. So um, now if they do something illegal... With that legal substance, by driving impaired, that's not going to come back on the legal retailer of it. Good luck with the lottery, Sal. That's exciting. Jim, we've got another marijuana question over text message. Yes. Ian, what are the laws about using and obtaining the now legal marijuana around your children? Well, let's start with the obtaining. I'm not aware of there being any offense since it's a legal. What about substance. if you like, like, do you have to put it away like a in a gun safe or something? You, you got to lock like it up, a, make yeah. sure it's locked up. That's not I, a rule yet. I is think it? again, it it would be similar to. Uh, I think it'll be treated similarly to alcohol. So uh, if you've got young kids that have easy access to alcohol, then you might have a problem with the Children's Aid Society as you would if they have easy access to the marijuana. But I know parents bring their kids into the beer store. Right. Is it going to be uh, an issue to bring your child into a cannabis dispensary? 
I, I don't think I don't see how it can be. Um, I just don't see how it can be. There's still some uh, people who I think consider alcohol a little um, more appropriate than marijuana, Less but taboo. legally, legally, no. I think that, again the same thing will apply if parents are getting high in front of their children. Um, th- there's two problems. One, it's going to be treated not only like like alcohol, but also like cigarette smoking. Yeah, you're the- being irresponsible. And you're getting high, but at the same time, the kids are getting the secondhand smoke. They're getting high, too. Exactly. So then that would be a child protection issue there. Um, But as far as if the person is uh, uh, impaired to the point that they can't parent, again, you've got a child protection case. But otherwise, by obtaining it, having it in the house, uh, even taking it, and there's obviously more than one way to take it if you're not smoking it, but you... um, Use the oil, I guess. Yeah, or especially candy. Do not leave anything that looks delicious that has weed in it around. You know what I mean? Like cookies or gummy bears. I guess stuff is like a kid in a candy store. And by the way, my mom would try everywhere to hide the Joe Louis around the Kelly household. I would find them every (laughs) time. You're going to say your mom would try any kind of marijuana. Oh, she would try it all. Any pills, we'd find them. But you know, it's hard to it's hard to hide things from kids. So keep that in mind. Especially if it's candy. Ian, thanks for stopping by. As always, if you need some legal assistance, Cohen Hiley is listening. Get in touch with Ian or someone at the firm if you have any further questions. And we'll see you again next month with Ask a Lawyer. Thanks for coming in.